What's up? Good morning. It's Monday, May 11th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. Before this past season, when Joe Burrow went bananas, the best single season showing in college football history arguably belonged to Cam Newton. 2,800 yards passing, 66% completion, 30 touchdowns through the air, and then 1,500 yards rushing, 20 scores on the ground. Absolutely unstoppable. Cam Newton was truly a one-hit wonder on the Plains, committing on New Year's Eve of 2009, winning an SEC championship, a Heisman, and a BCS championship in the next 377 days, and leaving a trail of controversy in his wake. But imagine if instead of War Damn Cam, it was more Campbell? Today on the College Football Daily, we're bringing in 24-7 Sports national writer Brandon Marcello to lead us through one of the greatest what-ifs in college football history. If Newton had played at Mississippi State instead of Auburn, and how two teams, a handful of coaches, and the SEC at large would look vastly different. Let's get to it. All right, bringing in now Brandon Marcello, new national college football reporter for 24-7 Sports. Brandon, how you doing? And, and welcome to the national team. Hey, thanks. Uh, it's amazing uh, to be part of the national team. And I'll, I'll tell you one thing. I've been on the phone more this week than I have in my life, uh, just trying to build up people and, and sources and and. Uh, it's a huge undertaking, but man, we've got hopefully I've got some great stories coming down the pike. It's it's a busy time to start, Brandon, because you sort of got thrown into the fire of the will we have a college football season narrative and, and you're reporting on that story and you also found time during this the series of what ifs week to write a really good compelling story at what if Cam Newton had picked Mississippi State and not Auburn. It's up on the on the website at 247sports.com. It will be up there when you go look at it. Today, I encourage everyone to, to check it out. It'll be in the show notes as well. Brandon, before we launch into that story, you're, you were uniquely, uniquely qualified to write this piece. You've spent the last several years on the Auburn beat, but before then, I believe you covered Mississippi State starting in 2010. Yeah, I covered Mississippi State starting in 2010, covered state for three seasons, and then the last seven seasons uh, covered Auburn. And uh, actually, my very first game that I covered at Mississippi State was the Mississippi State-Auburn game with Cam Newton at quarterback. And uh, I was kind of thrown in the fire at that time because as soon as I took the job, there was I was getting word from a colleague about, hey, by the way, there's this uh, scandal that's about to break that you need to start digging in on. And uh, anyway, needless to say, it was a crazy year for a lot of reasons. Yeah, it was. That Mississippi State-Auburn game, Auburn wins 17-14. to 14. We're going to talk about all of that. Did you, at, at that time, Brandon, you're sitting in the press box, have an idea as to maybe a level of dislike or hate that the, the the Mississippi State fans might have had for Cam Newton? Did Were you fully sort of aware of how the last year had played out with that recruitment and with, with the scandal that was about to break? Yeah, um, I had a little bit of a taste of it just because that was a lot of the talk going into that game, you know, because Cam Newton just seemed destined to go to Mississippi State. He had had a fantastic relationship with Dan and Megan Mullen, his wife, 
um, when they they were they were all at Florida when he was the offensive coordinator of Florida and and Cam was uh, the backup to Tim Tebow at the time and it was just kind of assumed that Cam was going to come to Mississippi State and when he decided to flip and do so on New Year's Eve of 2009 uh, he became persona non grata <laughs> in Starkville. And obviously the uh, scandal broke out because some things were leaked from the Mississippi State side. And, um, yeah, it was it was pretty venomous, um, you know, among the fan base. And going into that game, they really saw it as an opportunity to knock him off his perch and not allow them to potentially challenge for the SEC title. But that early in the year. We hadn't quite seen the Cam Newton that everybody became to know, but you saw the glimpses of it. And I think Mississippi State fans after that game when they lost, man, it was just like what could have been. We, you know, Mississippi State, we would have at least won that game, is what they were saying. And boy, they had no idea what was on the horizon uh, for Cam Newton and what he's going to be able to do for Auburn later that year. That's pretty crazy, Brandon, that you're right. I think it might have been week three. When I'm just thinking back to 2010, I think there was a week three game against, oh, I want to say South Carolina or something for Auburn, where, yeah. where the cam, the cam craziness sort of gets going, and then of course you'd have that that signature play against LSU a month or so later, that, that, that run. At the 40, stays on his feet, 35, 30, 25, 20. Peterson, the one man to beat. At the five, he is in. Touchdown. Flash that smile, Cam. Tigers lead. Wow. And he drug the All-American Patrick Peterson from the five-yard line into the end. And it's crazy to think that you're you're sitting there in week two, and it's your first game on the job, and you're watching this guy. And what what sort of recollections do you have from watching him? Was he... You know, was he the guy that he would be in October and November? Was he a little bit roughed? Was it clear that he needed a little bit of time to get going for Auburn? In that one game I watched in person, it was obvious um, to people who have been around the game. I, I was sitting next to uh, our columnist at the Clarion Ledger at the time, uh, Rick Cleveland. Uh, you know, a guy who's seen Bo Jackson, Herschel Walker, all the greats play. And he was watching Cam Newton in that first half, and he's like, this guy is a once-in-a-generation talent, but they're not using him properly. And at that time, they they really weren't. Um, they were limiting what he could really do in that offense against Mississippi State early in the season. And it wasn't really until, like, as you said, that South Carolina game and then beyond that Auburn started allowing him to do more of the zone read stuff and allow him to do more within that offense to his strengths. Because in the first half of that game – against Mississippi State, you're, we're just like, wow, this guy is amazing. And they kind of cut back on what he was able to do in the second half of the game. We had a, had us scratching our heads. But it was obvious watching him that he was a phenomenal talent early in that season. And I, you just kind of wondered, I mean, if you put yourself in that time, in that moment, not knowing what was going to happen uh, in the weeks ahead, you kind of thought, wow, Auburn doesn't know how to use this guy. And... But sure enough, a couple of year, couple of weeks later, I should say, they had it all figured out. So Mississippi State goes nine and four in 2010, and I, I had not known that, forgotten that that until I read your your article, Brandon, your what if article, and I, I did remember the name Chris Ralph, the, the quarterback for the Bulldogs, 
a dual threat guy who they, Hey, you talk about was Auburn using Cam Newton, right? In week two. Well, Mississippi state probably would have used Cam Newton just pretty perfectly right out the gate with Dan Mullen as the coach. And so when you talk about the, what ifs I was struck by how good the bulldogs could have been in 2010 with an upgraded quarterback. And that's not really even an insult to Chris Ralph. Yeah, I mean, Chris Ralph is a guy who should have been playing tight end. Um, I think Chris Ralph would have even told you that with his body size and, and his talent. But it it was clear that he was like a developmental quarterback. You know, he wasn't a guy that was going to be able to throw four deep passes and complete two of them in a, in a game. You know, you'd be lucky to get one of them. But he was a great runner, great in the zone read game. And for Mississippi State, I think, and I think anybody who was around that team, and it saw Auburn as well, Mississippi State had the more talented roster than Auburn that year, top to bottom. And having said that, you had Cam Newton to that roster at Mississippi State. There's no doubt in my mind that they would have at least probably won the SEC title, if not won the BCS National Championship. Auburn had a great to good offensive line. They had good receivers. Their defense was okay, but it wasn't great. In fact, I think it's the lowest-rated scoring defense to win the national championship in the BCS era. And the reason why they won is because of Cam Newton. You look at Mississippi State. They had a top-20 defense. Four of the five starters along the offensive line went on to be in the NFL at some point. Vic Ballard, the starting running back, who was sharing playing time, by the way, with another running back, he ended up becoming a starter for the Indianapolis Colts later on in his career. What what makes anybody believe that anything but challenging for the SEC title was possible uh, for Mississippi State if they added Cam Newton to that? Because, as I said, I, that Mississippi State team from top to bottom was more talented than Auburn. And if you add Cam Newton to it, it, it would really put them over the top because they played some – Close games. We mentioned the Auburn game was 17-14. Arkansas that year uh, went to the BCS and played in the Sugar Bowl uh, under Bobby Petrino, and that game went to overtime in Starkville, and if not for a fumble into the end zone for a touchback by Mississippi State, State probably wins that game. So, And that's all without Cam Newton. I think that State team with Cam Newton won would have been one of the stories of the decade because Mississippi State, a program that's never won anything, would all of a sudden be a contender for the national title. But they may have not only been contender, but may have been dominating opponents as well because of Cam. Well, you're totally right. Like in 2014, when, when Mississippi State was the first ever number one team in the playoff rankings with Dak Prescott, they were the story of football. This cover of Sports Illustrated, the talk of the town and I think you're right there. Knowing Dan Mullen the way you you do, having covered him, I don't you know I don't and I don't know what he what he's like behind the scenes to the beat reporters and all that. But Brandon, if you drove over to Gainesville right now and got a beer with him and told him everything <laughs> you just told me about, hey man, this would have been a title winning team. Do you think he looks at you and says, yeah, no crap, Brandon? Like I, I still think yeah. about this a lot. Well, listen, um, I remember the first time I ever sat down with him to introduce myself when I when I got there and he said that he believed that the team he had could win 10 games. Um, And sure enough, they won nine and probably should have won 10 or 11. 
in that first year. Um, you know, I don't know if Dan Mullen would have a beer with me. I don't even know if he remembers me anymore. Um, I remember running into him a few years ago and he acted like he didn't know who I was, but you know, that's, uh, we had our, we, 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 we had our battles, so to speak, uh, back and forth. But, um, no, I, I think there's no doubt if you said, Hey, you had Cam Newton, we would have won a national title. I think that's exactly what he'd say, but I think that's a sore spot for him. I think anybody that would bring that up, he would walk out of the room because man, I mean, listen, um, it was an emotional time when that all happened. And of course it got really personal with the investigation into Cam Newton and Mississippi state and Auburn and everything that was going on. And, you know, Mississippi state folks were leaking stuff, so to speak to the NCAA and investigators to try and get Cam Newton in trouble. And, um, I, I think, you know, it went from personal to kind of a, a vendetta by some people and Dan Mullen was caught up in the middle of it while he was trying to coach a team and still managed to win nine games. But I mean, listen, the Mullins and Cam Newton at the time were very close. Um, I, I was told that the night he decided to commit to Auburn, he called up Megan Mullen and cried. He was crying on the phone because he didn't want to do it, but he felt it was the best decision for him. Um, and it just made things personal. Plus, you know, Dan Mullen was a guy that could never beat Auburn when he was at Florida. You know, there's one team that Tim Tebow could never beat. That was Auburn. And Dan Mullen was there. And then when he got to Mississippi state, he couldn't beat Auburn. And so you fast forward to 2014, he finally beats Auburn, a good Auburn team, I should say. And it put him into number one. I think if you were to put truth serum into Dan Mullen's body, I think he would say that that victory against Auburn in 2014 is probably the biggest win of his career because it not only vaulted them to number one, but he kind of got the monkey off his back. And in doing so, he beat the team he'd really never really been able to beat all that often, and he did so in a top two, top three matchup to give Mississippi State its first number one ranking. I think that is probably by far one of the most memorable afternoons of his entire life. Flipping the script, I, I was struck by you you writing this in this article you give Cam Newton to Mississippi State, they might have the year Auburn has. You take Cam Newton away from Auburn, and you're like, hey, they might have been the 9-4 and four team. They might have been the one that went 4-4 four and four in the SEC. Likewise, we take you back to the Plains. What do Auburn fans say to that? Yeah, I think it would be, oh, man, more of the same because they've been accustomed to winning eight games and not being able to get over the hump. Um and with Gene Chizik, you know, he wasn't necessarily on thin ice, but I mean, listen, the, 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 up until that 2010 season, the thing he was known for the most was being hired by Auburn and a fan standing outside the airport yelling at Jay Jacobs, the athletics director, five and 19, five and 19, because that was Gene Chizik's record as a head coach at Iowa state. This wasn't a blow you away coach. And if he had won you know, eight games in, in 2010, like he probably would have without Cam Newton. All of a sudden, uh, people have been going, what, what are we doing with this guy? But I, I don't think there's a stretch in any means that they only win eight or nine games. And I say only nine. I mean, it may have been less, maybe been seven games because they played so many close games. They had so many comeback victories. I mean, they needed a field goal in the last second to beat Kentucky on the road. They had to come back from a double-digit deficit against South Carolina early in the season. And they also had to obviously come back against Alabama in the famed 
Cam back game where they came back from a 24 point deficit. And it was all because of Cam Newton and what he was able to do in that, that iron bowl. Um, I mean, you just look at that schedule and the close games they had in the comebacks. I mean, there's four losses you look at right there. I mean, if, if Auburn did not have Cam Newton, they lose to Mississippi state in that early season matchup as well. So, and, and they probably lose to Clemson. Um, so, it's uh, it's amazing how much one person, one player, changed the trajectories of one. I mean, one season, of course, but really the trajectories of careers on both sides. I, I think, and maybe we'll get into this later. But if if Cam Newton is not at Auburn, I don't believe Gus Malzahn ever becomes the head coach at Auburn. Wow. I don't think it ever happens. Uh, because not necessarily because Gus Malzahn's a bad coach or have been viewed as such, but they would not have had Cam Newton. They would not have had a national championship that year in 2010. And by the time they got around to firing Gene Chizik, which I think the timeline would have been still been the same after the 2012 season, it would have been a situation where Jay Jacobs and Auburn would want to cut ties completely from the Gene Chizik era. But Gus Malzahn was seen at the time as the architect of when they were successful with Cam Newton, and that's why they brought him back as the head coach. If they never had Cam Newton and won a national championship, they would have never seen Gus Malzahn as that guy that went, oh, he's the reason why Cam Newton developed into who he was and and hired him and been able to have a kick six and a, and a BCS national championship runner-up in his first season and and win an SEC West title in 2017. That never happens if Cam Newton uh, is not at Auburn. And then think about all the times, even even in a year in which Auburn wasn't really on the national stage or playing in a national title game or a playoff, all the times Auburn might have thrown a wrench into a team that had those plans under Gus Malzahn, including last year in the 2019 season. Brandon, what happens to Dan Mullen if in 2010 State, I don't know, makes the BCS title game, wins the BCS title, wins the SEC, any of those things. Uh, because he turned down, it, it felt like he turned down so many jobs in the early part of the 2010s that it felt like he was never going to leave. And you mentioned Miami in your story. The Hurricanes made, made a bet, might have you know come after him a little bit hotter. You also mentioned the NFL. Yeah, you know, there were, I think, like six jobs open in the NFL that year. So maybe the NFL would would have come calling, but Miami came calling anyway after he won nine games, and he pretty much blew them off, <laughs> which was I remember covering it, and he was so matter of fact about it behind the scenes and telling them like I want nothing to do with Miami um, because of the situation they were in, the facilities that was a big thing for him, but I, what what's what's also would have been thrown in the mix there is the Florida job at the time Florida wasn't really ever an option for Dan Mullen because as I mentioned with Gus Malzahn if Cam Newton never came to Auburn they would have cut ties completely with the Gene Chizik era and never hired Gus Malzahn as a head coach well that was kind of going on at Florida when Urban Meyer was leaving they didn't really want to dip back in into that coaching tree and go get Dan Mullen and at the time I don't think Dan Mullen wanted to be the head coach at Florida because of his close ties to Urban Meyer. So that was a very complicated situation, and Florida never really came after Dan Mullen at that time. And, of course, 
you know, uh, years later, they finally did come calling and he left because the timing was right at that time. But if Dan Mullen wins a national championship or even just the SEC title and that Florida job obviously came open when Meyer left, I think I think he probably would have been Florida's head coach, um, potentially, if not going into the NFL. Um, those are the two big options, I think, that Mississippi State fans would have had to worry about if, if you know, if if Mississippi State had had been successful with Cam Newton on their team, but there's also the possibility that Dan Mullen would have said, "Hey, uh, I just proved you can do this here, and I want to become a legend here and see if I can get some top tier recruits and do this again and win SEC titles." Obviously, it would have been difficult, maybe darn near impossible, to do that without getting once in a generation talent like Cam Newton. But listen, he nearly did it in 2014. Um, at Mississippi State. And Dan Mullen's a little bit different from a lot of these coaches. He has so much confidence in himself that he believes he can win anywhere. Um, and that's why he stayed at Mississippi State as long as he did. And then he probably saw the writing on the wall that things were kind of falling a little bit at Mississippi State, and that Florida job came open at the right time for him. But uh, it's interesting to think what he would have done because I don't know if you could quite predict what Dan Mullen would have decided if all those job offers came in after 2010. I had one former player in this story. He told me he believes he would have stayed uh, because of the way he just the way he, they knew him and the way he acted around the, the program. And I, I don't think I could rule that out because of just the way he treated Miami. I mean, he was, he, he treated Miami as if it was like, like a Sunbelt job. Uh, he, he really didn't think anything uh, of it at the time. Brandon, we've talked about all these coaches and we've talked about the the complexion of the SEC West and the SEC and maybe the entirety of college football. Last one here, Cam Newton. Does he have the same career? And I'm talking about his legacy. I'm talking about the Heisman. I'm talking about the NFL. I, I Mississippi State. It's impossible to know, right? And, and I'm, it, it's, not to, it's not the level of school that Auburn is, but let's not act like Dak Prescott hasn't become a superstar in part because of the college platform that he had. But in digging into this story, if Cam Newton's a Mississippi state bulldog, do you think he's still Cam Newton? That's a great question. Um, I I think he is because you just mentioned Dak Prescott because of the, of what Dak Prescott did at Mississippi state and how that translated to the NFL as far as becoming a star there. And for that year in 2014, Dak Prescott was pretty big, but he wasn't Cam Newton big. But the reason why he wasn't Cam Newton big is because he's not as good as Cam Newton. Cam right. Newton, Cam Newton in that Mississippi State offense in 2010 would have been unstoppable. It would have graded teams. They would have ran them over. Plus, they had talented receivers. Uh, he would have put up better numbers, I think, if he had went to Mississippi State, to be quite honest. And, I mean, he scored 50 touchdowns total, including 30, you know, passing at Auburn. But I, I think he does even more damage if he had gone to Mississippi State because of the talent level. And mostly, as I said earlier, the offensive line at, at Mississippi State was so good that season. I, I I think that he would have put up such gaudy numbers that he would have been the talk of college football and he would have become a star, and he would have been the number one pick in the NFL draft that next season. Awesome stuff. Brandon Marcello, thank you so much for taking us down this rabbit hole with you. 
Yes, I've, I've been, well, I've lived it and I've been living in that rabbit hole <laughs> for, for the better part of 10 years. It's, it's always rattled in my brain and it was nice to be able to write the story and chat with people who were involved with it. It was great to reminisce about it. Thank you, Brandon. That's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you appreciate what we're doing, please express your support by leaving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. For Brandon Marcello, for our producer, Tony Levitt, I'm Trey Scott, and we will see you on Tuesday for the next edition of the College Football Daily.